Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Private Parts with your hosts, me, Alec, who's me. Why don't you jump in when I'm talking? Why don't I? Yeah, just jump in. I, I, I unlike you, I let you finish. Don't be shy. I let you. I let you talk. I let you breathe. Whereas, if I've noticed, right, I've noticed if I talk yeah. too much, you can't handle it. I look over at you and you're just waiting. Just you're like, shut I up. Know, you don't even know. listen to what I'm saying. I do. I listen to everything. You, you just say. shut it off and you go off on your own, your own agendas. I was a lot worse. I'm getting better at it. Yeah, the one yeah. percent. That's good. No such thing as perfection, but you've got a long way to go. We should mention that on our bonus episode, we did a lie detector test. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't listened to that, a lot of people were not that happy about the fact that we were laughing at certain things, but obviously we were being humorous, weren't we? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think sometimes when it's so long ago, you forget about the moment and, and what actually it was like at the time. And yeah, it, it is, it is, you know, it's traumatic, these things. And obviously it's, it's hurtful and it's, it's harsh, but you know, a lot of times pass and you have to joke about these things at, at, at points in your yeah, life. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. We were just making light of a serious situation that happened a while ago, which is, it was, it was yeah, it's, I, you know. And it was it, a silly lie detector test. By by no means are we promote. I mean, we sound like we've like. We I know, now we sound like I'm lying. Now it's made it worse. Some sort of official apology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, right. I, I was thinking about this because I did, I did after we, after we did, I did feel a bit bad. Um, you know, obviously cheating or creating hurt in anyone is not good. So it's not like we promoting cheating in any way. No. Like it's bad. You and know, we both have been you, cheated you, on. Yeah, and, yeah. You, you, you know, we've been on both sides. Kind of sounds like I'm just trying to go, and look, wait, watch out. You and I have been, been on both sides of that. But also, you know, I mean, I can't fully speak for you, but I've learned from it and I act in a completely different way now. And I understand myself. I understand the way I feel. And yeah, I'm a lot better. I love that. With it. There you go. Um, just chill out, buddy. Don't worry. But anyway... What I'm saying is I'm really sorry <laughs> and I won't do it again. Okay, good work. All right. Hey, we've got a great episode today for you. Matt Edmondson. Mm, that Matt, was super interesting. Yeah, super interesting. Matt is a Radio 1 DJ. He is a founder of a board game company. Um, he sells more board games than McDonald's sell burgers by the sounds of it. He's he like sells a flog, lot. Flogging them. Uh, he has an amazing mind. He also was diagnosed recently with something called cyclothemia, which is a form of bipolar. And for many years, he couldn't understand why he was feeling the way that he's feeling. Finally, he had a diagnosis. It's an incredible story. It's an amazing thing. And it's also an amazing story about mental resilience, Um, especially as next week is Mental Health Awareness Week, Mm. um, which is amazing. We speak a lot about mental health in the podcast. Um, Two guys, we just sit here and we open up. You're getting a bit more better at opening. Two guys. There, Two was, guys. there was three of us. Yeah, but there you go again. Forgetting that oh I'm in the God. room. I'm just talking about you and I. Is there any point in me being here? I'm talking about you and I. Oh, okay. Not just Matt. All right. Cool. You big Wally head. Um, no, but it was, it was it was quite interesting. I like the fact that his so cyclothemia won't get we won't get too much now. No, but he explains it. He, he it was basically he would put all of his energies into yeah. like developing some like crazy concept totally. and, and he wouldn't rest until it's finished hey before we start the podcast open up about something okay go on this has up. been bugging me for a while yeah you look stupid <laughs> um uh, what do you what do you want me to open up I don't know, open up man go uh, on i How you feeling I've, at the I've had a i've had a tough couple of months tough well actually tough, have you tough have year, tough you? year or so yeah it's been a, it's been a very transitional period for me i've learned a hell of a lot though are you feeling a bit better yeah, I, I understand myself. I thought I understood myself, but what I've learned is we are constantly learning. Yeah, but it's starting to. I think that the the tide is turning. Were you feeling anxious? 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was like straight up anxiety. It was sort of, yeah, there was, there was Low bit, mood. bits of that. Yeah, there was just a, a bit of confusion around life, basically, which leads you to, to not the best places in your mind. But, I can't wait. We're going to talk about this in the bonus episode. Mm. No, it's been, it's, been a, it's been a good, it's been a very good couple of months of learning and I feel in a much better place. I, I see. Hey, buddy, there we go. Podcast for you. Yeah. Hey, we're going to talk more about that on the bonus episode next week. But for now, get ready for this episode with the lovely, the amazing Matt Edmondson on Private Parts. Because you're a... uh... Radio presenter. Yes. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Here's Newsbeat. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's. Do you think your hat? voice changes when you go into it? Uh, I don't know. Do, well, you tell me. Does it? No, mm, I don't, I'm talking differently. Sounds now. exactly the same. Sounds exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's odd. I think you do hear people that've got radio voices, we, and people always say, "Oh, your voice sounds like you should be on the radio." But I think it's because they've heard me on the radio. Do you think but, that's what it is? Yeah. But were your you, voice is born? so recognisable. Uh, this is weird. Is right? it because you're on the radio? No, because yours is as well, right? <laughs> no, no, we'll do Alex, that. Alex, yours isn't. Um, <laughs> Damn it. So not I yet. Could, I could train myself. No, but I think... But train I, yourself yeah. to be recognisable. What I mean is you have a voice that that could blend into a crowd, couldn't it, that voice? Um, That's not an insult. I'm being attacked It's not voice. an attack. This it's is... not an attack. <laughs> because I think, I, I, what I would say is it's a very nice, neutral voice. But Jay, Jamie, I could recognise from one word. His is quite harsh. Mm. It annoys me. Great, grating, yeah. yeah. Well, the funniest thing is, well, Matt, you can explain this. You had a new game that you played on yeah. Radio 1. So I pitched this game, which I was convinced was going to be great, called uh, uh, Surprise Celebrity. And the idea is that we would get three callers on and two of them would be, you know, normal people, Radio 1 listeners, and mm. one of them would be a celebrity pretending to be a normal person. So they'd have to come up with a backstory. They'd have to maybe think about a different voice to put on. Something that would, if we were to interrogate them, they'd yeah, be able yeah. to live a different life for those few minutes. <laughs> and we, Jamie came on as someone called Tom. And the very first word he said was, hello. And I was like, oh, it's Jamie. Jamie. Of hello, <laughs> hello, and then you you, you had a plan, didn't you? You'd written down some things that you were going to be from Bristol, and then realised very quickly as he was doing it, he couldn't do a Bristolian accent. So then he said. He was like in panic, said, well, what do you do? And he said, oh, I, I work for a, for a sweet company. What a stretch. I Incredible. Said, I said, I'm a supply chain manager. For a sweet company, yeah. And you also, you caveated that with, with weirdly, I'm a supply chain manager for a sweet company, which if you were a supply chain manager for a sweet company, you wouldn't think it was weird. Yeah. So you would never say that. And um, then I went to, where are you from? And I went... Kenzel. Kenzel Rice. But, but well, Kenzel in Bristol. Yeah. Kenzel but Rice. born in Brixton, he then doubled down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't, my geography, I couldn't get further than no. Bristol. I didn't know what was below it. This, you were like, this is a man who's never left London. I mean, yeah. No, he went Brixton. I was like, what the hell's below Brixton? I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing below Brixton. He's never been that far south before. Um, oh, so yeah, God. so um, you almost ruined that game for us. But it made it better because we just it laughed did, It did it. make it better. Was, was anyone duped no i mean <laughs> immediately then every everyone on the text knew who you were but also uh, molly and i gave each other a look of like 
Well, it's Jamie Lake. We've, got, <laughs> yeah. we've still got another caller to talk to after this to work out whether or not, like we, we all know that it's yeah, Jamie. Yeah. Um, but it was, a, it was a joy. And and you, Jamie, you laughing is just one of my favourite things. Oh, we were saying this because I, I reposted it the other day about uh, Murder and Success. That's my favourite thing. I watch it, oh. I watch it maybe once every six months and I love introducing that clip. I mean, I love that show generally. It's amazing. But, mm. but you on that show, when you have the earpiece in, <laughs> I could just watch it endlessly. It's so good. Have you seen this? Yeah, it's very oh, good. Man, oh man, it's, it's the best. Good. And and the greatest thing about that show for the listeners who don't know, it was just it's basically uh, you you are a celebrity or whatever we want to call them come in and they have to pretend to be a police officer and they have to solve a crime. Mm. And you're given no script, no lines, nothing at all and you just have to go with it. Tom Davis was the um was the detective and it was the funniest thing I have Ever, well, you still have people say, you can tell it's um, because I and I often think, well, how would I have done on a show like that? Because you're meant to be taking in clues, aren't you? Yeah, but actually, you're just being thrown in, and it's 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 a show that I think about a lot because part of part of my job is coming out with telly shows and trying to pitch them. And I think, how on earth did they pitch that show? Mm. Because the idea is so unique and so far out. Because to, to, for, to, to say, okay, we'll get some celebrities and solve a crime. Okay, well, maybe the idea stops there. But no, they say, actually, we're going to do it in a world where there are character actors and impressionists playing either really brilliantly or really badly other celebrities. Mm. It's this sort of, it's like an impression show with mm. a it's celebrity entertainment show with a detective show. It's such it's an odd so one to, I mean, how do they pitch it? I don't know, but also, do you get... Uh, Matt, because you have this fantastic brain. Thank you. You do. Yeah. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm glad someone <laughs> said it. Yeah. You have I've, a not, I've not actually seen it yet. <laughs> at some point, Alex, it will be revealed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at some point. Once, once in two thirds of this cup of tea, it might decide to make a showing. <laughs> but you do. Do you get, um, when people come up with great formats, do you get jealous? Oh my God, all the time. Really? Yeah. I, Tell I, me some. So, which are the well, big jealousy? So, so, I think. I think there are ideas sometimes that you have that feel so obvious that you're like, why did no one do this already? Mm. And those are the ones for me that I'm like, oh my God, get me a meeting. I need to go and pitch this. Because you think get me a someone's, <laughs> someone's going to think of this. It's in the air. Someone, it, it, It's there for the taking. And when I, when I hear ideas that are such simple formats, I think, uh, or, or worse, where you've, you've flirted around the outside of that idea before and you've gone... I can't quite crack it. I know there's there's, there's, heart, something, there's there. something there, but I can't. I haven't quite given it the thought. And then and then someone else comes in and does it. Oh man, it drives me up the wall. The most recent example of that is um, Richard Bacon has a format with the, the Jimmy Carr hosts. Yes, called I literally just told you. Yes, and it's basically a memory game, but it, it happens as the show's going on. Mm. So you, the the questions in the quiz are about the things that have just happened on the show. So. Two minutes ago, I said a thing about Alex's voice. The next question would be about Alex's voice. Mm. That's such a great idea. So it's simple. so simple. So but simple. It's, but it's the simplest things. Whenever pitching anything, you want to be able to pitch it with under a minute. And someone goes, okay, fine, exactly, I've got it. Yes. I, and then you want to minimize the imaginative leap that anyone has to make. Because I think it's it's weird. You can see something so clearly in your own head. Yeah. But if they can't get to the same place that mm. you're at... It's very frustrating. But what really makes you tick? Because there's... <laughs> can, I, can I just Is say... It porn? That's given me a weird a weird flashback to a barbecue I once went to. Where um, 
where I there was a guy there that was odd. You know, there's always someone at a barbecue that's a little bit standing you're like, on his own. Exactly. In the corner. Well, his opening gambit, mm. and I've never met. You know, normally you're like, "Hi, how are you? Uh, how do you how do you know the people here? You know, what's going on? Are you having a nice day? Those sorts of things." This guy came up and he said, "Hey." What makes you tick? <laughs> he sounds like he sounds like a character in Murder yeah. Six. And I thought, I thought it's like he's planned that yeah. in his head. He's yeah. like, shit, what do I say? Yeah, um, he's read a Google, he's like Google how to talk to people, ask them what makes them tick. And I thought, what a very profound question, because I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah. What does make me tick? It's like, it's a very deep question. It's such a podcast question as well. Yeah. Oh, let's get really thoughtful. What makes what you makes tick? What makes me tick? I thought, what does make me tick? It was a very disarming question. And I and I thought, I've never not thought about every couple of weeks I think that's weird that guy said what makes me what does I still know I don't know what makes me tick I think I think I said that's a very deep question and I'm going to have to get back to you because I don't know I don't know what makes it like did you then just walk come back to you later what do you say because you know there are different pillars in my life that make me tick I've got a nice family I like my friends I like my job I've got some hobbies they all make me tick. <laughs> well, I suppose making what what makes me really tick. No one's asked you, Jim. No one's asked you. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was, that was the Guys. weirdest segue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, make, what makes yeah. me tick? Mm. Yeah, go on, ask no, me. No, go on, <laughs> go on, uh, someone ask, please. Someone okay. ask Jamie what makes him tick. Go on, someone ask me. Go Jamie on. Lang. Yeah. What makes you tick? Oh, well, uh, what makes me tick? Um, <laughs> I get really thoughtful on it. I think entertaining. <laughs> Talking about yourself, I think, is what makes oh you tick. Oh my god, you've just become David Brent. I think being the <laughs> yeah, funny literally. guy that I am. <laughs> what are you like, Jay? Mm. God. Well, I don't know. What is it? Well, because I think, like, I, 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 I don't know what makes me tick. Someone asked me the other day what my fashion sense was, and I was like, it was smart, casual. I didn't really yeah. know what to say. It's quite a hard thing. It's a hard to... thing, yeah. Always wear a beret. That's my fashion sense. <laughs> How long have you done radio for now? A while. A while. Over 10 years. Really? Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. I've got a, quite a bad autobiographical memory. So any questions about the past, I'm going to struggle with. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank <laughs> you. Okay, that's really that's good. So, let's talk about your childhood. <laughs> uh, okay. My what? <laughs> but that's because what I find interesting about that is that you, you wake up every single day, you go and do radio, you have to make radio interesting, different, fun, exciting, authentic, um, interesting for the listener. You have to do that on and off. You've done that for over 10 years. That is like you, the constant talking is hard. It, it's tiring, right? You have to constantly entertain. So my question to you is that how do you how do you keep the love for that going? Mm. Well, the, the, the love well, to, to begin with, there was no love for it. <laughs> Genuinely, when I started, I had never done it before, mm. didn't know what I was doing, and had the most extreme version of imposter syndrome anyone's ever had because you're there with all the people that you've been listening to on the radio, and then mm. suddenly you're there doing the same job. And I just didn't know what I was doing. Like, oh, I was, and I was bad, really bad at it. And thankfully, they, they let me be bad for a long time until I got good. And it's the same as anything. If you, you, know, you start something new, you're not going to be thriving at it straight away. Or mm -hmm. if you are, then amazing. You found your, your natural talent for something. It was not my natural talent. It took me a long time to feel comfortable doing it. And then I think the more you do something, the more comfortable you, you get at it. And you start to realize that, Oh, all the things that were stressful and uh, pressurizing about it, they were just in my head. And actually, if I just turn up and 
have something that's not too complex an idea, it's going to be the best thing because the I think the best yeah, thing that's about hard to like accept because that, that's like going okay fine let's just accept this moment mm. and just go. Oh, with... it took five years. <laughs> it was not. It was not. Yeah. It was not like one day it was bad and then the next day it was good. It was just a slow like erosion of me as a human being until I was like, oh, do you know what? I can't worry about this anymore. And when I stopped worrying and stopped caring, it became, uh, not the stop caring, because I still obviously care about the show, but stop caring about, oh God, what are people going to think of me? Or uh, oh, I've got to have this idea, or this thing wasn't as funny as the thing I did yesterday. Um, that's that, when I let go of that, it became, it became a lot easier. Um, but are you a warrior? Oh my God, I'm the most worried. Yeah, I'm the, I've got so much anxiety coursing through my veins all oh the time. Oh my God, thank God, so yeah. do I. It's just I, brilliant. I, um, yeah, and, and I sometimes meet people who don't worry, and I think, <laughs> what, must your, what must your life be like? Yeah. You don't know how charmed your existence is. Because, you know, I know. I, and, and I, I, think know. That's, I think that's really interesting because from an outside perspective, to look at your life or look at my life, people go, what are they worrying about? They're, they're, you know, they're doing what they like. They've got loads of, spinning loads of plates, loads of stuff going on. But it doesn't, it really doesn't take the worry away, does it? No, it doesn't. And actually, um, I think, uh, I typically think that a lot of kind of, I suppose, people who seem to be... Um, I don't know, somewhat successful in whatever industry they're doing, typically are the ones who worry a lot because you're so concerned things are going to disappear mm. that you have to keep spinning more and mm. more and more plates, keep going whoa, 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 like that all the time to keep it running always. And I think you're very much like me. We have a, um, our minds overwork. Mm. They, they go all the time. And I find typically at the beginning of the year, January, February for me, Monday, Tuesday of the, the freaking year, um, mine is so hard to slow down. And I know that you're similar that way as well. Aren't you? Yeah. So I I, uh, I have a thing called cyclothymia. I know, man. D what this is that? Is, What's tell me all about this. So I only found out about it a couple of years ago, and it explains an awful lot about me. So <laughs> I, you suddenly like ah, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I g genuinely was. So I uh, I used to think, oh, sometimes I get depressed, mm. and uh, when I did, it was obviously bad because depression's pretty bad, and then. Uh, at other times, I would think that I was just my normal self, but I wasn't. I was like the the flip side of the coin of depression, which is slight mania. So if you think about bipolar as being the extremes of kind of hypermania or, or, or manic behavior, mm. often very irrational, off the wall, um, slightly risky behavior, and then at the other end, very, very deep depression. Cyclothymia is a sort of, um, it's sort of, the light version of bipolar. So the, sure. the lows aren't as low and the highs aren't as high. And for me, the highs were channeled in unbelievable superhuman levels of productivity. That's how it, that's <laughs> how it expressed itself. So I used to do things that if I was in a non-cyclothymic state, it would be impossible to do. You know, it, well, explain because just firstly, bipolar and cyclothemia really hard to diagnose. Very hard to diagnose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they are, you know, they're relate, related. My dad, I'm pretty sure, had bipolar, and uh, and I think genetically it can mm. it can be a thing that if you if you've got a parent or a grandparent who had bipolar, you might have something cyclothymic going on. 
Um, but what was the productivity like? So, do you, have you have you, do you do you experience a flow state ever? So when hmm. you start doing a thing, and which the the other, it's the extra bit. Exactly, when you, you go when, past. When you, you get yours masturbated. <laughs> <laughs> Five hours in, finally. Exactly. I'm running. Right, I've got it. I'm flowing. It's flowing everywhere. I love this idea of slight mania. Is mm. it, does that exist? Is no, that well, just slightly manic today. Well, no, it, it sort of is because you, for, for me, it would be um, an in, a sort of intoxicating and overwhelming desire to do something, to complete a task, mm. to do a thing. And so, I mean, what have I done? So I, you know, I, I make board, I make board games as part of my, part, another part of my life is running a board games company. And sometimes I'll have the idea, you know, I'll be going about my life and the idea will come like boom, fully formed. This is the board game. And it's like the rest of the world will melt away and I will make that board game and I will do it in 12 hours. Like it will be getting made, the prototype will get made. I'll have to design the whole thing in 12 hours. Mm. What? And then... That's a superpower as well. It is it? a superpower. That's insane. Um, or, you know, like with the TV ideas, if I have an idea for a TV show, I will be like, oh, there's an idea. I'll book the meeting with the commissioner for like three days time. Yeah. I'll make the presentation. I'll do, I'll cut like a sizzle reel for it. I'll do it all, and it will all happen in a way that um, if I, in my sort of non-upstate were to do it, it would be like a month's work. Mm. But it happens immediately. I can, I, I'm I can not, sort of relate I'm to not, that. You feel like the task has to be done. Has to be done, And yeah. you can't sleep until it's exactly. done. Exactly. And, and, and everything else in your life sort of fade, fades into, into the distance. And time... Uh, happens incredibly quickly. So it's like it's like you blinked and this thing then exists at the end of it. And I've had it before where um, I've gone back into, you know, like six months later, someone said, oh, we want to revisit that that project. And you go back into the document and I'm like, it's like it was made by someone else. I have no idea <laughs> just how... Images yeah. Shit, Smith. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it turns out I wasn't that productive. I have <laughs> no idea how to... Um, well, Articulate that, a, it almost. Yeah, well, no, no. How to go back and uh, and and unengineer what I've made? You, yeah, you feel, you're like, wow, who who was this? Exactly, it's like a different person's yeah. made. It's like it's like trying to. It's, it's like if you on the day took apart a vacuum cleaner and you were like, I know exactly how to take this apart. And the next day you're like, oh man, someone's taking my vacuum cleaner apart. How do I put it back together? It's like it's a bit like that. I just want to credit you, by the way, because I just I think it's so. Um, I just think it's so fantastic that you can sit here and talk about it. Um, because I think a lot of people, uh, firstly, with any disorder, it doesn't matter if it's OCD, insomnia, uh, cyclothemia, whatever it is, people are very scared to talk about these things. And I've said this a million times before on the podcast. I spoke to this guy once and we were talking, and we said, we've got to get over this um, stigma of mental health. And he said to me, Jamie, it's so easy for you to say that. Go and go on your podcast, go into the world, go into your workspace and say, you have depression. I label it on yourself. And I went, yeah, I don't really do that. I kind of just say, oh, let's get over it. And now I say, yeah, I'm, I have anxiety. I do. And, I, and I label it on myself. And so what you're doing, and then also I'm like you, you have to make light of the situation and talk about it in such a great way. And that's what you do. And so many people out there will just go, God, thank God, I can now talk about how I feel and how I behave and all those different things and how my mind is different. Yeah, well, for me, it was a massive, just a relief to find out about it because, that, because I realized that, um, falling into um, the, the up phase of, of psychothymia 
it, it feels very, uh, very inviting. It's like walking past Disneyland and there's the parades on and it's open and everything's free and you're going to have the best time. But actually, it's quite destructive for the rest of your life to fall into it. And it can also really then lead you into a much deeper depression off the other side. And so my just just knowing that it exists and going, oh, okay, so I'm not just depressed. I've got this thing where I can get a bit, uh, I, can, I can go off on one a bit, um, was really useful. And I think I had this fear that, uh, oh, well, maybe that's where all my good stuff comes from. What what if that's taken away? And mm. and what I what I have uh, learned to do, and sometimes more successfully than others, um, but I've not had since getting a the, the diagnosis of cyclothymia. I've not had a off the rail cyclothymic episode because I've been able to go. Oh, I can feel it coming, and I mm. know what what I can do to stop myself doing wow, it. But, so you but can, you can still it. harness that creative so, ability. So and yeah, I can drive. get into a flow state um, uh, through choice a bit more now, but it, it takes a while. It, it, it takes like an hour of me like sitting down and starting, starting the project. But once I'm in it, I can get so back you, into the you flow see state. a Hoover and you go, exactly. not today. Exa not today, Exactly, Dyson. yeah. <laughs> well, well, I try and think, because sometimes these ideas hit you and you're like, oh my God, I've got to do this now. And I think, do you know what? If I can wait two days when I'm not this super, superhuman version of me, and I still think it's a good idea, and it's going to be hard work then to do it, then I should do it. I, I swear, to, I, I, mean, I don't know, but I feel like I have something, I'm trying to say, I feel like I have something similar. Um, but, I, but I do have this sense where um, I suddenly go into, uh, or not, it's not mania, but I have... Mania is the wrong word for it. I think yeah. mania is more of a, bi a bipolar, yeah, bipolar thing. thing. Mm. And, and it, it isn't main it, In me, it, there's no, if you watch me, there's nothing manic about it. You're not like, oh, this, this person's crazy. You're just like, oh, this person's just got a vision for a project and it's mm. bringing it to life. That's, that's what it looks like. It's, it's lucky that it manifests in that and mm. not murder or something. So well, exactly, that, that, would, yeah. that would be but, bad. But it's interesting because I, I, when I'm onto something, I almost tunnel vision. 100%. So, this is, so I, and what happens is, is I almost forget that I'm tunnel visioning into that one thing. And then I sort of go, oh shit, I haven't thought about that other stuff that I need to do. Yeah. And then I'll go, okay, fine. And then I suddenly realize, mine don't think is extreme, but I definitely have moments in my life where it will either be, okay, TV formats or podcasting ideas. Charitable or, causes. <laughs> helping the kids. You just can't Climate change. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I have these moments where I really go into them and I can, I don't, I'm not very good at completing stuff, mm. but I, I have definitely moments of huge concentration towards certain mm. things. But I think lots of people possibly yeah, have, yeah, what, I have what, that. what I would say is you are good at completing things because look, we're doing a podcast. You've, yeah, got, yeah. Uh, you've got TV shows and you've got um, businesses. Yeah. So you are good at completing things. I think sometimes the idea dictates whether it gets completed or not. Sometimes you can be, you can fall in love with the idea when you first have it. And then time when that initial burst of enthusiasm wanes mm. you you kind of go oh maybe this isn't where i should be putting my time or worse it's, another sexy idea comes along yeah and it's like oh i want to spend some time with this it's one almost now. like waking up from a dream and in your dream state you go oh my god this is the best exactly, thing ever yeah. and then you try and write it down and you're like the badger across the road <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, what the fuck am <laughs> yeah. i talking about this is so but, weird uh, but oh, it's so interesting that you said about the fact that you um were worried that, okay, this is my superpower. What happens if that disappears and that goes, and then you're not yourself? Mm. And I think a lot of people have that, whether they take medica medication
motivational thing or anything, you know, when they start to harness different scenarios. Did you have to turn to, or do you have to turn to medication with these things? No, I, I haven't done any medication. So for me, just knowing, because as I say, I thought I was going to see a doctor because I was depressed. And I'd had maybe like three bad bouts of feeling quite depressed in over a 10-year period. How long do they last for? Uh, I mean, they they varied. At the worst, we're talking like six months. And it's not, yeah. it's not, um, it's very, it's extremely functional depression. Like it wasn't that depression that you hear of that my dad definitely had, which is like couldn't get out of bed. It was, it was like nobody would know. I could, I would, I could come and do this podcast. You guys would have no idea. I could go and do the radio show. You'd have no idea. But it would just be a low level feeling of like, everything's not okay mm. and I'm and I can see no joy or hope or you know yeah. pleasure in the world um but it was never debilitating to the point where I couldn't function for me but it is hard to get by with, with. yeah um and so we yeah, went to see the the doctor about that and they they said well tell us about the rest of the time and I was like well the rest of the time I'm amazing I'm on fire and and the other the other thing that would that happened was I would book to see a doctor when I was depressed and then I would come out of the depression and I'd be in an upstate and I'd be like, oh, I've booked in to see the doctor. <laughs> you'd go and do his job for him. You'd exactly. Like, Step aside. Well, no, you'd <laughs> go into the doctor and say, ah, a, that was another guy's problem. Like it was it was like another, thi another thing that went, and it was then someone saying, oh, there's this thing where you can have both of those, those things and maybe you should tr try not to, if you can feel the cyclothymic um, uptime coming, Maybe you should not go into it because it might control the other thing. So the, yeah, two, wow. two things helped. So one was, okay, what can I do when I feel the anxiety or depression coming on? And uh, your brain tells you, oh my God, uh, you should do something that's productive because the reason you're feeling like this is because you're not productive enough, but actually you don't have the energy to be productive and you haven't got any ideas and maybe you'll never have an idea ever again. And oh my God, it's all gone. So the thing that is feels counterintuitive because your brain is going to bully you about it, for me is distract. Do something that is so such sensory overload that I can't actually have the space to worry. And for me, it was teaching myself how to produce music from from doing nothing. Wow. So that was like my my thing. I was like, I can go and do that. I, nothing has to come of it. I can fail at it, but you're never going to fail. If you if you press a key on a keyboard and a sound comes out, you haven't failed. And so it feels like I'm doing a thing. Oh. And that for me, immediately when I feel it bubbling up, I go and do that. And an hour later, I'm like, oh, I'm back it's, to myself. It's an amazing outlet. It's like a creative process yeah. as well. It's so yeah, it's like, it's, it's like tricking your brain into thinking you're doing something creative and productive. And in a way, you kind of are. But there's no... And then, and then you play it back. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh my God. Um, <laughs> but but that's, that's amazing to have that kind of, um, that self-control over your self-mind and situation. Well, I mean, uh, when... Generally, when you, I feel anxious or worried about something, the initial trigger is like, fight or flight. Oh my God, the, the world's going to end. Like You're like, do you run like me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm just a catastrophizer. Everything always, like a domino effect in my brain. It's like, well, hang on, because that didn't happen, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. And it always ends like, and you're living under a bridge now. <laughs> and then you're homeless. Yeah, you're living under a bridge. And someone that you know from your past walks by and go, Jamie, is that you? Yeah. Is that you, Jamie? <laughs> Down there, let me just put this on the Easter. No one's going to believe, guys, come over here. Jamie's under a bridge. Always he was doing so well. Always, it's just always homeless. And then is that, or I've died. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's always where it, it was at. And, and when I feel that coming up now, I just know, 
Well, just get me to a synthesizer. I was going to say, do you have to carry a, <laughs> carry a board <laughs> around with you? Just to see you furiously like tapping away, like, yeah, he must be having one of his like, episodes. But, but <laughs> genuinely, yeah. I have GarageBand on my phone and I can, I can, come, I can, I write four chords and then wow. I just loop it and I'll just mess around with stuff. That right. is just insane. Listen, we've got to stop there for part one. I want to continue this conversation in part two. Leave us on a cliffhanger. You're good at radio. Oh God, what's a cliffhanger? <laughs> well, l- when you find out what I did with some of those songs, <laughs> it's going to blow your mind. See you in part two. <laughs> oh God, yes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.